Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome. To the Liberal Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Liberal Cube. Because this show is not dissimilar to uh, experiencing through mine eyes all the media I have consumed. Yes? Yes. You may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so I warn of that possibility. Now why? Why would I do such a thing? Why would I devote 504 plus... Yes, because they're special episodes, non-numbered ones. Why would I devote a podcast... <coughs> excuse me. A podcast to simply talking about all the, the movies, TV, books, games, and internets that I've consumed? Because, I'm going to answer immediately, I have the sneaking suspicion that if you uh, experience all this stuff and just let it sit in your... A dusty attic of a brain and not let it pour forth it will slowly or not so slowly drive you insane so the fact that the amount of listeners of this is by no means large is not a deterrent for my doing it recording it because i have to i have to i also have to push this button that will start the first segment <coughs> Today's movie monologue sponsor is Hello Darkness Sunglass Hut. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, I have two movies for you. Uh, The Dark Tower and The Dark Crystal. Yes, I did it on purpose. It's not a happy accident. It's an unhappy, purposeful thing. Uh, The Dark Tower. Okay, so... Uh, somehow, some way, I never ended up watch- <sighs> watching this. I think it's because I heard so much bad things about it. But I should have realized, as uh, I am a poor reviewer of things, because I tend to just like things, uh, movies included, uh, I, I should have just watched it, because I will verify after watching it, it was fine, you know. Uh, it, it has very little to nothing to do with the uh, book that it's based off. Um, which is, uh, I suppose, disappointing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. I am disappointed by that, so I'll, I'll definitely take a mark off for that. If you're unfamiliar with The Dark Tower, uh, a fairly certain... Uh, I, I know I've read the series twice. It's by Stephen King. Uh, it's, it's an amazing fantasy, sort of sci-fi, real life. It's very hard to describe, um, and, and, and a very interesting... Knowing what, and I'm not going to say, what is at the top of the Dark Tower, the titular (laughs) Dark Tower in the books, uh, blew my mind to the degree that I used it for, uh, to end a campaign, a D&D campaign. So, you know, how about that for a cool idea? 
or it wasn't. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was disappointing. Uh, and uh, anyways, uh, so so the movie. Uh, I'll read it. A boy. Uh, I'll read the imbed. A boy haunted by visions of a dark tower from a parallel reality teams up with the tower's disillusioned guardian. Yeah, let's see. That's not accurate from the book right there. Uh, to stop an evil warlock known as the Man in Black. McConaughey, Matthew, that is, uh, who plans to use the boy to destroy the tower and open the gates of hell. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I, I suppose that's what the, the movie is about. The, the book, way, way different. Also, should be mentioned that the book was rather a series of the books called the Dark Tower series, I suppose it would be called. Um, and it was like, what was that, six books? And if you know anything about Stephen King books, they're quite often... Uh, very very long although the first one was short if i do recall so i don't know uh i think i have heard rumblings that they're gonna redo this uh which um i i, I don't the, the idea of taking a, a a good movie like there's there's also rumblings right now of people redoing the princess bride which is quite possibly a perfect movie so why would you redo that whereas this not a great movie on that note i'll, I'll go a rating of mostly two with some, you know, fun, uh, uh, interesting uh, three moments. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with my rating scale, three is enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. I definitely wouldn't watch this again, uh, but there was some, some interesting moments. Anyways, as I was saying, uh, take this movie, which is not good and could have been done better, and redo it as a mini-series, I would say. So take all of the Stephen King books follow them more closely and do them as a either a mini series or a television series i i think it would be hard to do as movies just for the simple fact that uh you'd need them all to do good because if they stopped halfway that would be annoying as hell <laughs> uh I, uh idris alba was was incredible uh, the kid was fine. Matthew McConaughey, uh, a good choice for the man in black, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, there are good things of this movie, just a lot of them are not. Uh, moving on to The Dark Crystal from 1982. On another planet in the distant past. On another planet in the distant past. Okay, so I guess that's just so we know it's not on Earth in the distant past, which is weird. Uh, a, a Gelfling embarks on... What the hell is a Gelfling? On a quest to find the missing shard of a magic crystal and so restore order to this world. Yeah, so obviously a fantasy. Something I remember very, very strongly of this as a child. I was born... Boyne? I was born in 81. Uh, strange accent there for some reason. I was born in 1981, and uh, I, I know I saw this back then, and maybe shouldn't have uh, at a young age. And one thing I remember is going to... It wasn't Blockbuster. You know what? I think we used to... And this is a real blast from the past. Uh, and I wonder if this was my childhood alone or if other people had this as well. There's a, a store in Canada called Canadian Tire. And uh, at least the one in the town I grew up in, Bolton, uh, would rent videos, VHSs, a Betamax... <laughs> uh, which is a strange thing. And, and they all had these little uh, little Velcro uh, tabs on them that you would pull off and then you would hand those in and then they would give you the video. And that's how that worked back then. And uh, of all the many, many, you know, hundreds of trips to rent videos that uh, used to happen as a child, uh, the cover of this 
uh, of this particular VHS is sort of emblazed in my mind. And I think probably the reason that I did see it at too young an age is because uh, the, the cover spoke to me so much that I probably asked to see it so many times, like every time we went, and eventually it was just fine. And then saw it and then was horrified by the Skeksis. <laughs> if I do recall, it's sort of a vague memory. Uh, the movie, you know what? I'm only going to go, uh, like, I, I, I don't really like it, yeah, <laughs> to be honest with you. It's, uh, it's sort of convoluted. Uh, uh, fantasy, I almost feel like uh, fantasy movies are often not good. Yeah, uh, and I think it's because they don't have enough time to delve into the lore. Maybe that's what it is. And maybe that's why Lord of the Rings is a is an exception that is truly incredible, because people sort of just know about elves and dwarves and stuff. And also, uh, in Lord of the Rings, they don't so much focus on the lore necessarily. It's just sort of the interactions between these uh, these different races. That if you don't know about elves and dwarves, you're probably fine still enjoying the movie sort of thing. Whereas here, you, what the hell is a Gelfling and a Skeksy and, and why is this... Uh, like, there's a lot of... You gotta delve deep to know what's going on. So, uh, for that reason, I'll still probably go with three because I feel like it's something... It's a, it's a beautiful to behold movie. It, it, actually, I should say, if you don't know about this movie, it's a, a Jim Henson joint. So it's all done with like a puppetry and uh, and very beautiful to behold. Very and you know what? Very ugly to behold uh, because some of the the creatures are, are truly hideous. Which is uh, uh, you know b beauty in a different way. Beauty in its hideousness. Uh, so, so I do recommend it if you haven't seen it. Uh, experience the the craziness for yourself. It's just you know. Meh. Moving on to television talk. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Life Crystal Restoration. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, going to be talking The Dark Crystal, colon, Age of Resistance and Life in... Oh, I've got two things here. Okay, never mind. Uh, yeah, okay, so first off, uh, the reason that I watched The Dark Crystal is because I did so in preparation to check out the <laughs> new television show available for your viewing pleasure mm -hmm. on Netflix. Uh, okay, so should have potentially realized on the similar vein of watching the movie that uh, the, my fandom of The Dark Crystal uh, is not as large as I thought it potentially was. And the television show, I would say, suffers from the same thing that the movie does that I just talked about, um, but many, many, many fold <laughs> more so. Uh, here, here's, here's the issue, and part of this is my issue. I will say, before I give my rating of uh, one out of five. Yeah, I, I didn't care for it. Uh, and part of that issue is, as you know, if you are a long-time listener, if such a thing exists, um, I will quite often, especially when it comes to TV, uh, watch television while playing video games and vice versa. So, um, my 100% attention, 100% 
of the time is maybe not on the screen of the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Uh, meaning there's things I could potentially miss. Um, like, I, like, I do get the gist of it, but uh, some of that deep, deep lore that this has even more so than the movie by a lot. Um, and, and it's almost like they expect you to know it. I almost, I, I kind of felt like uh, it, it just felt impenetrable to me to the degree where I, I had to give up. Uh, not only had to give up, but watched... I'm going to say 10 episodes or so, 8 or 10, I was somewhere in that neighborhood, and uh, really had no idea what happened. Like, I didn't know any of the, who any of the characters were, I, I didn't know what was happening in the world, other than the Skeksis up to their old tricks of, they're basically sucking the life out of the Gelflings. Also, they have many different types of Gelflings in this, which I, I feel like they introduced in a giant lore dump at the beginning, and then just sort of added on ad nauseum throughout um uh, th here's what i want to say the potential if i were to just sit and watch this while not playing video games sort of lie in beds say say one day okay this is what i'll do i'll, I'll make you this guarantee if i hear and this is the uh, this is the other thing i heard a lot of people speak very highly of this uh if in some years uh, I continue to hear all these high praises of it. Uh, if the show continues on, maybe I'll treat it like I did BoJack Horseman in that I gave it a second chance. So maybe I will do that for this as well. Uh, maybe I'll be, you know, sick in bed one day. Uh, it's snowing outside. Uh, I'm all tucked away under the covers. Uh, I'm in a, a sort of a fever, uh, having uh, strange dreams. Yeah, maybe this is the mood I need to be in, where uh, I just sort of put it on and, and zone out into this world of strange fantasy. Okay, so maybe I'll revisit it, but, uh, you know, probably won't. Uh, okay, moving on to... Conan the Librarian! Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? <laughs> <laughs> Today's book banter sponsor is the Dandelion School for the Performing Arts. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, if you listened to last episode, I believe it was last episode, I spoke of book one of uh, what I'm just going to call the Witcher series as, um, well, it was in an English, uh, in a language that was not English. I do believe Polish. So uh, I don't know how to say or pronounce what it's actually called. Uh, thank you to the people uh, who have translated these books into English, as they, so far, are very, very good. Yeah, uh, on that note, I think I gave the first one a three or a four uh, with sort of, not complaints necessarily, but comments that a lot of it fo uh, focused on politics, which is not something... Uh, in fantasy that ever really interests me. Uh, this one uh, has done less so, and I believe, for that reason, we'll get a higher mark. Yes. Um, let me read the... Uh, I, I should say it's called Time of Contempt, and it's by in... Oh, God. Uh, you know what a, a professional would have done is had uh, gone to maybe a YouTube video of an interview with this guy or something to that effect where... Uh, I, I could hear someone pronounce it. Uh, Andrzej Sepkowski. Sepkowski looks like I'm saying it right. Uh, but I'll spell the first name. A-N-D-R. 
are Z E J. So that one gives me a little bit of difficulty. Uh, t -t 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 the second novel of the Witcher's Witcher Saga. Okay, yeah, so that makes sense. Written by Polish fantasy writer, first published 1995. Uh, so if you're unfamiliar, these books are what the uh, Witcher uh, video game series are, are based on. Uh, and so far from what I gather, not remembering uh, the story so much from The Witcher 1 and 2. Um, these are prequels to The Witcher 3, uh, in that we're sort of learning how uh, Geralt of Rivia uh, came to be, how uh, Ciri, uh, her, her sort of story, and we sort of jump back and forth between Geralt and Ciri for the most part. That's that's what we're focusing on, which is uh, something I like because they're, they're, they're two very different characters. Um, having very different uh, experiences and also even uh, in uh, this book and in, in uh, book three that I'm uh, about 100 pages into uh, their locations on this uh, fantasy realm are, are spread apart too uh, which is something I like it's something that happened in uh, the Wheel of Time actually now that I think about it where you have these groups of people doing very different things in your fantasy realm uh, very far apart geographically uh, geographically, uh, and, and you know, at some point they are going to come together, and it's that coming together that it sort of builds up and builds up and builds up, and usually something cool happens when it does. So, uh, I do like that sort of effect. Uh, okay, so on that note, uh, rating wise, I think I'll go a solid 4.4 on this one. Yeah, I very much liked it. Uh, there was a little bit of worry from the first book that it was going to be uh, so political and sort of political intrigue and stuff like that. And it's still there. And you know what? On that note, I want to say uh, uh, Mr. Sepkowski does do a very, very good job of it. Uh, the reason I know that is because I don't skip it. <laughs> like, I actually sort of did find myself strangely getting into it a little bit. So the fact that uh, he was able to do that is, I do believe, impressive. Uh, so, you know, there's that. Uh, begins previous book left off. Siri and Yennefer. Uh, yeah, there's lots of uh, magic in this one in terms of uh, a magic school and a magic conclave and this... Uh, a group, two groups of magic uh, folk fighting one another. That that takes up a large chunk of it. Cool stuff, and I recommend moving on to. Today's game, Gabin Sponsor, is the Appalachian Irradiated Squirrel Refuge. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, talking my return to Fallout 76. Yeah, uh, so dusted it off for some reason. Uh, it just, every once in a while, I'll have that desire to play Fallout. And uh, normally in the past that has meant maybe going back to Fallout 3, quite often to Fallout New Vegas. Uh, once or twice even Fallout 4, but because I had Fallout 76 and the fact that it is a persistent online game, massive multiplayer online game, I do believe you would call it, um, that means that they are constantly adding and updating things, so I could and probably will uh, periodically hop in there and uh, scope things out and see what's new. Uh, so, 
that is what I have been doing. Uh, one of the things that sort of pulled me back in is uh, if you're unfamiliar with uh, the style of games, but uh, Fallout uh, has this that a lot of games have, uh, you sort of come complete tasks that give you, what do they call them, atoms, A-T-O-M-S, atoms, uh, which you can go into their store and uh, buy, you know, cosmetic things or some not-so-cosmetic things. Um, so, so I had, uh, like a crap ton build up, like, uh, almost 2000, I think, because I never really spend them on anything. Uh, I, I sort of got my look of my character. She's uh, weird looking, <laughs> uh, sort of a tall, gangly, big headed, uh, woman, um, bald headed, uh, wearing a, uh, caveman sort of outfit, uh, with a, uh, top hat. And uh, now she has, uh, since this play that I've uh, sort of, since I've been playing, she now has like a skull mask, which is, you know, just to add to the weird creepy factor. And then one of the things that really pulled me back in, uh, she now has like this uh, space backpack that has like a stuffed animal cat living in it or something. I don't know. It's pretty weird looking. Uh, so uh, that's, that's what pulled me back in the backpack because I spent... Um, some of, uh, most of, in fact, my atoms on this backpack, right? Uh, and then I get into the game to build it because that's basically how it works. You'll unlock stuff and then you can get in and then you can build it at your camp. Uh, the, the, there's, there's a whole bunch of different things. You can build weapons, you can build apparel, you can build tons and tons and tons of stuff, uh, things for your camp. Uh, the, the list is enormous of, of what you can build. So I get in there to build this backpack and then I found out, oh wait, you have to complete this quest in order to unlock the backpack. And it turns out this quest was goddamn fucking a shit ton of work. Uh, it, up to and including um, uh, three tasks where you're sort of competing to become a, basically a boy scout. They call it a tadpole. Um, and one of the tasks involved taking pictures of basically taking pictures of 10 animals. Uh, I'm going to be a little vague here because uh, I can be um, going around the world and taking pictures of 10 animals to get, you know, your scout badge. Um, and this is where the issue came in, where uh, I, I think I got up to eight. And then the last two, uh, specifically the last one, which was a squirrel, took me goddamn forever to find a squirrel on this map. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with this map, it's friggin' huge. Like, it would take you... Uh, I should do that test one day. Um, how long it would take to get from one corner of the map to another. But you... I don't know if it would take an hour, but it would definitely take some time. Um, so, so to find a squirrel on this map... Needless to say, difficult. Even going online and Googling where squirrels are, where they spawn on this map, that helped. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> uh, but the issue was I would go to these locations and it's not guaranteed that a squirrel would spawn there. It could be, you know, a beaver or uh, whatever the elk are called. Or stags, rad stags, because they're radiated. Uh, so, so that took me a long time. I, I, I will say I finally did finally did get it uh the other thing i did that i spent a, a fair chunk of time on is moved my camp <laughs> excuse me uh, i had a pretty cool location um it was in an area that got attacked by death claws a lot though <laughs> so that's uh, less cool uh so i wanted something new and different and, and what i wanted specifically was um an area that if you're unfamiliar with camps in follow three you can put your camp on the map just about anywhere like there's probably 
I'll say 5% of areas, no, maybe even less, like 1% of areas on the map that you can't put your camp. It's just like, you know, in, in, like you couldn't put it uh, in a city that already exists, or you couldn't put it in uh, named locations is sort of the rule where you can't put it. Um, so what I was looking for is area that has both water, because that's important, uh, and, and then somewhere where I could uh, extract something from the soil. So uh, your options are sort of, you know, your gold, your, your lead, your aluminum. Uh, I, I like to go with junk, <laughs> which is a weird thing. So basically you find a junk pile in the middle of nowhere. Uh, you put this extractor on it, and then uh, periodically you can come back and it has extracted the junk <laughs> from the junk pile. Uh, the reason I like that is because it gives you a little bit of everything. So uh, I've now found an area that has um, a junk extractor location. Uh, it's got water. Uh, that way I can put the 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 most powerful water extractors because uh you could sell water for a fair chunk of caps uh caps being the currency in fallout 76 uh and then it also has a cliff and the reason i like a cliff uh is because i put my base sort of uh hanging over the cliff that way um it, it's harder to attack from the all the various creepy crawlies that run around because they can't uh, traditionally the, the, they won't get up into your business if it's up high sort of thing so it's got all these three things uh if anyone is interested where this prime location is what i could do is let you know just uh tweet at me uh i'll, I'll show you on a map uh you, you know this is one of my uh, rare and often failed attempts at audience participation. But if uh, this sort of thing floats your boat, hey, I will let you know. If this floats your irradiated boat. <laughs> Charlie, moving on. Internet intercourse. I like turtles. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Gith Yankee Astral Airlines. Thank you for that sponsorship. Item the first, Kurtzkutzkratz. 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 Uh, this, this word I have heard said, Kurtzkutzkratz. Uh, see, reading it won't help. <laughs> uh, anyways, there's these videos on YouTube, this uh, YouTube channel that puts out very cool interesting uh infographic-esque uh videos this one i had to bring back because uh it's maybe my favorite so far it's about the deep sea which i've always had a fascination with and they do an amazing job of uh explaining uh delving in and uh, doing something that's very very hard but i think they do well they give you a good sense of scale of how deep the oceans truly are which is uh it'll blow your mind basically so uh i hope you watch it. Uh, this this is one where I, I even forwarded on to the missus in the hopes that she would have her mind blown as well. Uh, I have a theory that she hasn't watched it yet and will not. And the fact that she doesn't listen to this podcast means I could say that without repercussions. Uh, okay, moving on to uh, uh, Stop Podcasting Yourself episode 600. Wow, guys, that is impressive. Host Graham Clark and Dave Shumka. Guest Dave... Oh man, I'm bad with names. I, I have learned this episode. Well, you're you're giving me some hard ones. <laughs> Dave Mer M E R H 
E-J-E. That Dave. Uh, you might recognize him. I know, uh, speaking of the missus, actually, uh, we watched Mr. D, and he was uh, the substitute teacher who would wear a toque, which is a, a, a knitted cap, I believe you would call, in the United States of America. <laughs> that guy's. Uh, he, he was very, very funny on that. He was very, very funny on this. So uh, it's nice to get him in there for episode 600. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with this podcast, uh, as they describe it in uh, some uh, promos I have heard over the years, uh, it's just two dumb idiots <laughs> sitting around shooting the shit. Uh, I'm paraphrasing a bit, uh, a bit, but I do believe they use the, the, the phrase two dumb idiots. Uh, which uh, which I like. I, I like some self-deprecation, and uh, these are funny dudes, so, you know, why not watch it? It's, uh, it's a podcast that, needless to say, episode 600, have uh, been around for a long, long time. It's, um, you know what, I wonder when I'm uh, going to do this. Uh, Googling, stop podcasting yourself, and I'm going to type the word wiki after it. Uh, stop podcasting yourself. See if, uh, 2008. Jesus. Okay, so, started independently in 2008. So this is, uh, definitely, and, and I did know this. I, I didn't know it was that old. <laughs> uh, one of the first sort of podcasts, one of the first sort of big podcasts. So, you know, impressive that they've uh, been around so long, still kicking it, and uh, still doing their thing, and I like it. And I'm only, you know, less than 100 episodes behind them. Look at that. I started in 2012. You guys better speed it up a bit. Uh, that's because, if you don't know, uh, when I first started this podcast, get a little uh, behind-the-scenes action, uh, I would do uh, uh, Movie Mondays. Uh, oh, let's see if I can remember this off the top of my uh, uh, non-knitted capped dome. Uh, movie Mondays, TV... Uh, yeah, uh, TV Tuesdays, Book Wednesdays, <laughs> that was dumb, Thur Video Games Days, and Internet Days. So uh, that's what I used to do. So I would do sometimes five episodes a week, but usually minimum three. Uh, and, and that's why I, I, I'm already at 500, despite starting in 2012. Uh, so there you go, behind the scenes action. Uh, last but not least, my gift studies. Yeah, uh, so uh, this will come up starting, well, it already has come up a little bit, but uh, I will be starting a new D&D campaign uh, soon from my perspective. Uh, from your perspective, I think it will have already started, actually. Uh, and it will be a uh, 1 to 20 campaign. It will be uh, a journey through all the D&D planes of existence, which is pretty exciting. Um, today is the deadline, in fact, for my players to get their race class uh, selections in. Uh, only one has done so, so far. <laughs> and that's even with me offering special uh, uh, gold, extra gold for uh, the order of people getting them in. So, you know pretty disappointing. I hope the rest of them get them in today, or else there will be serious repercussions up to and including your characters dying on the first session. No, that's ridiculous, but come on. Come on. Anyways, uh, one of the players 
thinking of playing a gith, which uh, I, I, I knew in a very sort of general sense about their race and uh, how they were once slaves of the Mind Flayers uh, who had freed themselves and, and had sort of sought them out and killed them all, that sort of thing. Uh, uprisen slaves, I guess you could call them, who had overthrown their masters. So, so very, very cool race that sort of... And it had also sort of broken out into two separate races, the Gith uh, Yankee and the Gith Rizzel. Uh, fantasy names, uh, always difficult. Um, so so I, I did sort of a deep dive into studying them um, because this player thinking of playing one, and, you know, I want to know about it. So uh, that is a sort of bonus of DMing, having your players, uh, I don't want to say force you because it's fun to do, but players force you to delve deep into the lore that um, you knowing will help you uh, make their character have a better experience in your game. You know, so uh, I bring it back here to speak of that as a just a sort of a D&D related thought to throw out. Something that I could throw out into an alphabetical DM, yes. We'll end this episode with a plug for myself. Uh, I do believe... When is this posting? Uh, I do believe this will post after uh, the first episode or two even uh, have uh, dropped of something called the Alphabetical DM. That is, you can go on YouTube and find uh, myself talking about D&D through the guise of rating every single monster spell and location that exist within the forgotten realms yes similar to my ratings on this show they will be nonsensical uh so yeah please uh check that out uh it, it's something that i hope uh, uh people like uh it's actual video as well so you know there's that that's something interesting uh so i plug it here uh in the guise of talking about gif <laughs> anyways uh that's it for today uh that leaves the final thing to say which is always the final thing to say which is of course it is nice to be nice to the nice this is the end of the show a sincere thank you for listening time to plug some things and i do not mean but you can like us on facebook you can follow jordan underscore maywood on twitter you can subscribe and comment on itunes Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be, won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.